So, as uh, Temple um, discussed earlier today, Eightfold Path is what we've been practicing all week, different aspects of the Eightfold Path. Um, not just all week, but for, for many of you, most of you, all of you, for a long time as you've been practicing either on retreat or at home. So it's, these are not new. Um, the aspects of the Eightfold Path is really what supports our practice, our life, our daily life at home. So given that this is the evening of when, when the retreat ends tomorrow and we go home, this is the perfect topic of talking tonight. Okay, how do I take this home? How do I take this week home? Well, there are, there are many ways to take it home. One way to take it home is by practicing the Eightfold Path. That's the way to take it home. In addition to taking home the insights that you've had, which you are not going to lose, you've had them, you've felt them, you've seen them, they're integrated in you. Um, And in terms of insights, by the way, um, I found it helpful to actually write them down while they're still fresh, so that later you can refer back to them and read them, and they will help re-enliven them. the, the way you see the world now. It is precious to actually take some time to write that down. Um, so, speaking of taking the, um, the Eightfold Path um, <coughs> home and practicing, um, it might be helpful to think of one aspect of the Eightfold Path that really speaks to you, one aspect that really speaks to you to, to work on for, for the period after the retreat. It could be a few weeks, could be a month, could be a year. Um, Joseph Goldstein has said that for about a period of one year, I think he said he made wise speech his practice, and he was very... Um, uh, mindful of of the the aspects of his speech, and he said it completely changed uh, the way he spoke. He says he didn't say much at, at times because when people, for example, are talking about other people, he he had decided not to speak about anyone in third person. It just talk about people in presence, and he saw that he wasn't saying a lot, which was perhaps at first uncomfortable, but then it became a practice to really watch the mind when, for example, other people are gossiping um, and one wants to join in, one wants to say stuff. Oh, watching the mind. If, if your practice is to really, really um, uh, be clear, be mindful of your speech, then, um, then it, it, it really helps start support other practices of kindness and and not non-harming, etc., etc. So it can really grow from any of the factors into the other ones. And of course, you have to be mindful. You really have to have a lot of mindfulness if you're watching, you're making wise speech or practice. So with that, I wanted to just briefly say a little bit about what it might mean to take these home and, of course, be creative, because for you it might mean something different to take one of these uh, factors home. So... Um, with wise view, um, there are different ways to practice with that. Um, as, as Temple was saying earlier today, and it came up in the conversation, um, the Four Noble Truths is one way to uh, that wise view is, is described in the suttas. But also, as you, get, uh, as you start to practice more and more, it opens up into seeing causality, in, into seeing the three characteristics, etc., etc. Um, so making that, taking that home and really making that focus would be to really try to see the world from the lens of the Four Noble Truths, from the lens of the three characteristics, um, from the lens of causality. Uh, um, there is a teacher, um, Utejaniya, whom I studied with earlier this this year, and he has a very open, relaxed style of practice. And 
In his style of practice, one starts with wise view. That becomes the basis of practice. And the, and the way he teaches wise view simply, um, with simple language, that is that it's all nature. It's all nature. It's all nature. So when one is observing, for example, arising and passing away, it's all nature. Or seeing, seeing the mind coming up with, with thoughts and, and crazy plans, oh, it's all nature. Seeing, seeing the nature, or seeing, seeing the pain in the body, oh, it's nature. My body is nature. We are nature. I am nature. This, it's all nature. And, it's, and within that, within that saying of it is nature, causality is part of that because the nature unfolds according to natural laws. There, there, there are natural laws that make things work. So, so I've found that pith saying of it's nature to really unfold a lot, uh, to really embody a lot of wise view in it because there's so many different aspects of it. And also if you're interested in reading more about how he describes wise view, um, the the publication of his, Utejaniya, T-E-J-A-N-I-Y-A, that are easily downloadable. And he has a very sweet and simple way of explaining complicated things and making practice fun and easy. Um, So... Also, I wanted to say something else briefly about uh, the wise view that came up earlier today as Anne was um, talking, uh, asking a question about karma and that it seems like an aspect of the teachings that might make, uh, that, that might make Buddhism seem most closely related to other religions of do good, be born in the heavenly realm, something like that. And, and Temple answered that beautifully. Um, that about actually separating you know, the rebirth from causality and really seeing it in one life model. What also that reminded me of, which is somewhat related, is there is um, there are it is said that there are two aspects of wise view. One is um, mundane right view, and the other one is supramundane right view. They're related. They're not completely separate. They're related. They're al- they're along one another. So. Mundane, um, um, mundane right view has to do with causality, has to do with um, car- the law of karma, has to do with when you, pr- when you are unkind, people are unkind to you and, and, and you, are, you will have, maybe you'll be born in uh, uh, terrible realms or maybe you, you won't have a very happy life in this life. So, so, so the mundane view it has to do, concerns itself with causes and conditions of deeds that you do. And it, it, in other words, it concerns itself with living a happy life. Living a happy life is the mundane view. So, so as Westerners who, are, who want to live happy lives, how do I live a happy life? The, the mundane wise view concerns itself with that. How, how do you live a happy life? The super mundane life view, which is, which is the continuation, you still do the same thing you do for the mundane wise view of not harming, not killing, and seeing it's the same thing, except that the, the super mundane wise view also, as its goal, as its, as its um, goal has the final liberation, final cessation. So um, they are, re- the, you can just see the right view as one, or can see, you can see uh, the two different aspects of it. So I just wanted to mention that. Um, so if you wanted to um, take the second uh, part, pa- part of the Eightfold Path, um, the focus of our practice as we go home, I think that would be a beautiful one, wise intention, to check in with ourselves, to really make it a habit of the mind, to check in regularly before we say anything, we, before we take any action, any action in, in our mind or in our heart, um, or actual action in the world, whether, why are we doing it? Why am I doing this? Am I doing this um, to harm someone? Is it kind? Is it compassionate? Am I being cruel? Um, is it, am, am I 
trying to get something or am I trying to renounce something? To re- so really bring various reflections. What is my intention? What am I really trying to, to do here? At some point I thought one, um, one good thing to, that I could add to, um, to my email is, you know, the, I use Gmail and, you know, there's Gmail labs. So there are these various features that you can add to, to your, uh, when, you t- when you compose mail. I thought one, ad- one thing that would be nice to be added is not just to or carbon copy and subject, but a, another line that would be intention. What is my intention, real intention for sending this email? And it would be something that only I see, nobody else sees that. But before typing an email, I have to recognize, okay, what is my intention? Am I trying to manipulate this person? Am I trying to make them like me? Am I really trying to be kind and generous? What really is my intention for, for sending the email? So keep that in mind. It hasn't been added to Gmail, but anyway, I do think about it. If we wanted to, to take um, the next path factor um, to our lives, this is a really juicy one. And I mentioned it earlier, uh, giving the example of Joseph Goldstein, a great, great um, teacher and deep practitioner. Why speech? Um, this can be a fantastic place to really practice because we... We talk so much during our life, and we, ca- we can cause so much harm to ourselves and to others with unwise speech. And um, there, um, there are four, which can be extended to five guidelines um, of wise speech, and I mentioned that um, mentioned it briefly. So, it's um, so I've, I've summarized it. So I have a mnemonic for myself. T-T-B-G-K, T-T-B-G-K, and I'll tell you what those are. It works for me. So T, is it truthful? Is it, is what I'm about to say really true? That's the easy one, T, truthful. The second T is, is it timely? Is, is it, um, is this the right time to say this? Because it, that what you're about to say to someone might be true and kind and beneficial and gentle, but it may not be the right time. Maybe they've just had a breakup and, and they're, they're sick. Maybe it's not the best time for you to tell them, you know, to, to uh, discuss the issues in your friendship with them. Maybe that day is just not a very good day, even though it's beneficial and kind and everything. It's just not a good time. TTB, the third one, beneficial, is what I'm about to say of benefit to others. Is it just going to benefit me? Beneficial. So is it beneficial to the other person? TTBG, gentle, is what I'm about to say, gentle. We often get into trouble with with this, this fourth one, when we are not grounded. That's when harsh speech comes out, when we say things we regret just a second later. It just like comes out. It's speech that's not gentle, has energy in it, has kind of a biting. Is my speech gentle? Should I just hold back, just settle, take a deep breath, say it, later in a kinder way what I'm about to say. T-T-B-G-K. K. Is it kind? Is one what I'm about to say kind? If we decide to take the next path factor into our daily life, wise action. Not killing, not stealing, not harming through sexual activity. That's essentially sila. Um, and to that also I would add intoxicants. I, I would basically there, I would have the five, um, uh, the five precepts. I think the five precepts are, are good to just have there as a, as a shorthand. Um, am I harming other people or myself with this action? Um, 
Am I taking what's not offered? Am I stealing in some way? And there are different ways to also interpret stealing and, and harming. Um, there's, there are ways in which we harm ourselves um, by not being kind to ourselves, by not realizing what's best for us. For example, by staying up and surfing the web until 1 or 2 a.m. is that it's, it's, it's both killing time and also it's harming to ourselves. So, so there are different ways that this, the, um, the, the non-harming, the wise action, can be interpreted. It's not just not kill, you know, not kill an animal or an insect or another being, but just the harming, that aspect of harm. Am I causing harm? And also harm, non-harming through sexual activity. Um, am I aware of, of, of my sexual energy? How am I letting it out? I'm, I'm leaking it out. Um, the sexual energy can be very beautifully and wholesomely um, channeled for connection with another human being. And it can also be both ha- cause harm to ourselves and other human beings. Taking the next one to our lives wise livelihood. And again, I appreciated how Temple spoke more generally about that today, about aliveness. How am I supporting my aliveness in the world? So that, that could be one way to, to practice with it. How am I supporting just being alive in the world, thriving my habits, being in the world, being, being of use, um, the way that I'm spending my time, my resources? Is it, a, is it a wise way, a helpful way for me to be in the world? And it could also be more specific about your livelihood. If you are in, in working um, in a profession, asking yourself, what I'm doing now, how can I make this? What, what are ways I can be in my work so that it is more bene- of more benefit to myself and other beings? Because it's not just what we do, but how we do it, how we interact with other people in our jobs. Moving on, if we decide to take wise effort, and this can be a very, very rich area of cultivation, There can be a lot of work with both mind states and actions here with wise effort. So in the negative camp, so there are two in each camp. There, there, there are four wise effort, as Temple mentioned, and there are two in each camp. One is to, if, if an um, unwholesome state of mind has arisen, to abandon it, to let it go, to see it, and to let it go. So if you realize that you're really sad or angry or upset, actually recognizing it and finding how to to let go, to, to abandon, to let go of that unwholesome state. The other one is to prevent them from arising in the future. So, for example, if you know that, um, if you see your mind when you start thinking about a friend, when you start dwelling on how they did you wrong and how they have been unkind to you and how they've done this, blah, 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 blah. You know that sure, soon enough you will be upset and angry and sad or whatever. You'll be in a bad, difficult mind state. So, so preventing that mind state from arising by abandoning what would lead to it. So preventing. So if the mindset has arisen, you abandon it, and then you prevent it from arising in the first place. Those are the first two um, wise efforts. And the second two wise efforts are in the positive. So if there is a wholesome state of mind, so for example, if you are feeling generous and kind um, and compassionate, cultivating that further, helping that be sustained longer, if you're having a calm state of mind, recognizing it and allowing it to continue. 
Similarly, knowing how to arise to, to, to help the arising of, of wholesome mind states. So maybe you'll see that if you do metta practice, oh, you tend to be kinder, you tend to be happier, you t- your, your mind tends to be in a calmer state. If you sit first thing in the morning, your, your mind is, 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 um, is in a more wholesome state the whole day. So that would be a way to do that. So both cultivate and sustain skillful mind states. The seventh one, if we decide to take mindfulness home, it, it would both entail committing to a practice, practice of actually sitting practice, mindfulness sitting practice, as well as daily mindfulness, bringing mindfulness to all activities as much as possible in daily life. And when it goes away, when it fades, to try to bring it back. Because that can really be the, the, the backbone of all these other practices. And in a way, as I've been talking about it, as you've noticed, all these other path factors, you need mindfulness. You need mindfulness to be aware of them. And also, if you're mindful, you'll probably notice what you're about to say is unkind. You'll probably notice the action you're about to take is, is not wholesome. So, so they all work together, but it might be helpful to choose one to take home to, to really make it the focus of practice. Last but not the least, why samadhi? If you decide to make that the focus of your, your attention for a time, um, Practicing absorptions, the four jhanas at home, is, is not really easy or recommended. Um, I mean, if you, want, if, if you live like a hermit, you can, but it's rather difficult. So the way I would interpret taking wise samadhi home is cultivating a calm mind state, a, a mind that is settled, a mind that is um, unified, um, and at peace. So making that a priority, um, making the spaciousness, making a unified, calm, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's not coming to me. But I think a, a unified uh, mind, um, which, which, is, which is necessary for anything that you do. Again, it can be a foundation. There can be a foundational practice for all these other practices because if you're agitated and if the mind is in an agitated place, it is hard to notice um, your speech. It's, it's hard to notice your intention. It's hard to notice anything else. But if, if you're in a place of ease and calm, from that place, it's easier to do everything else. So they all work together. I also wanted to briefly mention for any of you who are in the Bay Area, and I, and I know some of you are, there is an eightfold path practice program that's starting at IMC, the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City. And it's a year long, it's almost a year long program where each of these path factors are um, become the focus of attention for one month. And there are homeworks for each month it's a really lovely program. There are homeworks for each month. There's a mentor that you check in with every month and you discuss your practice with. Um, I've been a mentor as part of this program, and it's a really, really lovely practice program, daily life practice program. So, And it's starting pretty soon. They might have closed the application, but if you knock nicely and, and send in your application, you, you might get in. So if you're interested, I really encourage you to do that. It's a great eightfold. I mean, given that you've done this retreat, if you have the energy and desire to continue to practice the fourth noble truth, it's a great opportunity. So, so with that, I'd like to ask you to reflect, to, to take out your, your writing pad and pen and reflect on which of these path factors speak to you, given your life, given where you are, given your predilection for practice, for you to focus on for a while. And you can choose the period of time you want to focus on it. It can be a week, 
four weeks, a month, a year, whatever it is, make it realistic. Make it realistic. And reflect on which path factor, why, how would you go about it? What, what would be the hindrances? What would be the, the, the blocks for you to cultivate this? And recognize what can help you, what can support you in cultivating this path factor. Are the questions pretty clear? Would you like me to repeat them? Paper in the center. Sure, sure. So, which which path factor? The second one is, for how long do you intend to make it a focus of your practice? What would hinder you? What would block you from practicing it diligently? What would get in your way? And what are the things that would support you and help you? Because, do you mean for a, for what concentrated period of time? Yes. Okay. Yeah.
So we'll wrap the writing part up in a couple of minutes. Two-minute warning. We'll now get into groups of three with a new configuration we haven't tried before. Let's see. Let's see how this is going to work. So, um, so I'll point and say numbers from one through four. So, Okay, so we have four groups. So one's over there, two's over there, three's over there, four's over there. And you might be in groups with people you worked before, which is perfectly fine, but I was just trying to mix it up a little bit. And we'll have 15 minutes to discuss. So each person can take about five minutes, um, or maybe four minutes for a group of four. And you can self-time yourself and go around and make it a discussion after each person has shared. You can have open sharing. I'll let you know when there is about uh, four minutes left. Fifteen minutes total. Fifteen minutes total. I'll let you know when three minutes is left. How's that? Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the format. We're just going round, round robin. Like yeah, round you're going, yeah, round robin. But I guess it's not a round robin. It's, 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 let's see, yeah, I guess so. It's a circle, yeah, yeah. You go in circles, yeah.
This is a five-minute warning. So actually, before we start discussing, I realize it's been an hour and ten minutes, and it might be a good time for us to take our break now before we start discussing. So let's take a ten-minute break, um, instead of the, not five, not fifteen, ten. Is that okay? Does anyone want a longer one? Anyone shorter? I'll hit the clock, clock. <laughs> you did that very well. Okay. All right, so enjoy yourselves for ten minutes. Silence. Because downstairs is in silence still, so we'll do it in silence.
Okay.